Hello, everyone. I can see you. So you need to smile so that I can see your teeth also. What a joy to be here today. I'm so excited uh, about what God is doing and uh, to see your lovely faces. Let's start off uh, this session with a word of prayer once again. Father, we exalt you. You are worthy of all the glory and honor and praise and adoration. We humble ourselves before you, Lord. Let no flesh glory in your presence. Let your word run swiftly amongst us and let it be glorified. Receive all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to be sharing about the theme, definitely, but I've entitled my topic to be the parable of Jacob and Joseph. The parable of Jacob and Joseph. The life of Jacob and his son, Joseph, are an Old Testament parable, I believe. And they provide several powerful illustrations to the New, New Testament believer, to you and me. There are many, many lessons, and I just want to pick a few tonight to start with. What do we learn from the life of Jacob and the life of Joseph? First and foremost, I'm going to talk about life is measured in numbers. Jacob and Joseph illustrate to us the power of numbers. Are you there? Okay, wave to me if you can hear me clearly. Ah, good, because I can kind of hear an echo and I'm wondering whether you're really getting me well. Life is measured in numbers. Where were you 14 years ago? It's 14 years since Inspire started. Just think about your own life. Where were you 14 years ago? 2004. How old were you? Maybe you were 25 years old. Maybe you were 19 years old. I was just almost hitting my 40s at that time. And when I think of 14 years from then and see the things that have happened in 14 years, I'm like, wow, 14 years is really a long time. But you could be thinking, maybe what have I really done in 14 years and doesn't look like a long time. Life is measured in numbers. Tell your neighbor. God has a timeline of events. God has a timeline of events. He has a calendar that he uses to measure time. I am hoping that we have a picture coming up. (laughs) Does it come up? Yes. God has his own timeline. Time is beginning somewhere from eternity and is going to end up in eternity. And there are key events on that journey. We have creation story right there. We have Adam's fall. We have the flood. And then we have Abraham up to Jesus. That's the slot where Jacob and Joseph come in. And now you and I are from Jesus, between Jesus and the rapture. We are in there. How many years are there? It could be anything. But as you can see, time is beginning from eternity and is going to end up in eternity. We are not just living a haphazard life. God has a calendar. He is measuring time. Time is measured in days, in months, in years, in generations, 
in decades. I can see some of you are two decades old. Some of you are three decades old. Do we have any four decades old people? Put up your hand and be proud. Yes. Do we have some seven decades people in here today? (laughs) Yes, there is one here. Please give him a big hand clap. Time is measured in numbers. And time is also measured in seasons. Opportune times. Kairos times. Precious times that God has given for a particular event to happen. Sometimes we miss the opportune times in our lives. And sometimes we meet the calendar times in our lives. And I'm going to illustrate that from the, ta- from the life of Jacob and from the life of Joseph, father and son. Jacob and Joseph show us two people who can use the same number of years in two different ways. Jacob fell in love with Rachel. Anybody fallen in love before here? I have. Okay. Somebody falling in love right now? It's okay. You can fall. Jacob fell in love with Rachel and asked for her hand in marriage from the father. But Laban was a trickster. He made Jacob work for Rachel for seven years. And when the seven years were over, guess what? Laban, the trickster, gave him the wrong wedge. He gave him the wrong woman. And when Jacob cried out and wept, he said, Laban told Jacob, you work for another seven years. Okay, stay with Leah for one week and then work for another seven years. I'll give you Rachel also. Hmm. So Laban, the trickster, did that. And Jacob was so much in love, the Bible says, Working for Rachel was just a breeze. Anybody fallen in love before? You know, it feels like nothing. Did we see each other yesterday? Oh, yes, we saw each other. Oh, it feels like I haven't seen you for a year. I have some young people in my house. And when I said, but you saw her or him, (laughs) two weeks ago, they're like, mom, you know, it seems like such a long time. But think about it. Jacob worked for two women for 14 years, enslaved by trickery. Sometimes we get enslaved pursuing a desire of the flesh. It is possible to waste valuable time pursuing something that could be set aside, that actually should be let go. But your soul has attached itself to this thing so much that you don't realize that you're wasting 14 years pursuing something that you should let go. It could be a relationship, but also it could be an emotion that you've allowed yourself to be so enslaved to, like anger, like bitterness. And it is eating you out and it is wasting your time, but you feel you need to hold on. Twenty years later, we see Jacob has two wives, two concubines, and twelve children. He set out for one woman. He ends up with four women and twelve children. And a lot of trickery. You all know what happened with Jacob. Now, let's look at Joseph on the other hand. 
Joseph had an equal number of years. He went into captivity when he was 17 years old. And he spent 13 years in captivity, first in the house of Potiphar, then in, in prison. He was dream, a dreamer, and he had dreamed that one day the sun, the moon, and the stars would bow down to his star. When he was 30 years old, when he was 30 years old, he was miraculously elevated to the position of prime minister, the governor of Egypt. On the same day that he became prime minister, he was also given a wife. Now listen, in seven years of his reign as a governor and prime minister, in seven years, Joseph was able to transform the economy of Egypt and it became a food basket for Europe, for Africa, and most of Asia. In seven years, seven years. They put this food in silos in Egypt, and it says that the food was so much, it was like the grain, it was like the sand in seven years. In 14 years, because that was now the first, first seven years of plenty, in 14 years, in 14 years, Egypt was a superpower. Because of this young man who had the wisdom of God and brought it to bear on the governance of this nation. Fourteen years, Jacob got two women, two concubines, twelve children with a lot of strife. Fourteen years, Joseph raises Egypt to a superpower and a food basket for Europe, Asia, and Africa. Same number of years. Life is measured in numbers. King David the psalmist says, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Let me just have that next slide. Man's days are numbered and God has set a limit that we cannot exceed. Man's days are numbered. I told you that Joseph came into Egypt when he was 17 years. He became a prime minister when he was 30 years. And the Bible says he lived to be 110 years and he rested. 17 years. 17 years. 17 years, some of us have not even learned how to dream. Our children are still playing marbles and stuff which does not really give them a lot of wisdom. By 17 years, Joseph was already dreaming of ruling the world. A dream which ultimately came true. King David the psalmist says, Teach us, therefore, to do what? To number our days that we may do what? Apply our hearts to wisdom. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3 says, Money's days shall be limited. There will be only 120 years. King David says there will be 70. And if you have strength, you could stretch it up to 80. But Genesis says it could be 120. My question to you, though, is what? Are the years for? 14 years pursuing women or 14 years building an economy? What are the years for? Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. I want us to do a short exercise. Short exercise. I love to do exercises with people. If we could take the next slide, we'll do this exercise together. So, up there is a date of birth. 
Anybody here who was born in 1975? Somebody who is 43 years old or thereabouts. Okay, wave, smile, you are fine. Most of us are older than you. We are using you as an example. Your date of birth is celebrated. It's a very important day. You were born, that's the year you were born. Very celebrated. DOS is your date of salvation. Your date of salvation. In this example, I used 1985, 10 years, because I'm told most of the children get saved between the age of 7 and, and I think 15. That is the largest bracket. DOR is your day of reflection today. Your day of reflection. From your date of reflection to your date of death, how many years are there? Now you are saying, Dorothy, how do I know my date of death? You know. King David has just told us. He says the days of our years are 70 years. And if we have strength, there will be 80 years. And if you have a lot of strength like Pastor Nick, it might be 120 years. So how many years have you got left on your calendar? This is now your real chronological calendar. I want you to choose a date. Excuse me. I want you to choose a date. For the purpose of this exercise, let's use 80 years. That you shall live only up to 80. How many years have you got left on your calendar? Is it many years? Is it an exciting number? That is not the question. The real question is, what are the numbers for? Is it to get another wife, another Benz, another mansion, or is it to build the kingdom of God? Is it a Jacob numbering of your years, or is it a Joseph numbering of your years? The key is this from D-O-R to D-O-D. We shouldn't be afraid of death because we go to be with him. What we should be afraid of is to leave earth when our days have not counted. Woe unto me if my days do not count for the kingdom. That is what I should be afraid of. Woe unto me if I spend 14 years pursuing men. Of course, that's not a good example. Usually, it's the other way. Pursuing women. <laughs> war unto you. Tell your neighbor, war unto you. If you don't build the kingdom of God in the years you have left. Don't waste time. That is your life. Don't waste your time putting off your wedding day. Don't waste your time pursuing degrees and more degrees and more degrees when the important thing hasn't yet been done. What is that important thing? You know it. Nobody else knows it. Don't waste your days not investing in the kingdom and pursuing something which is wasting your time. Don't waste your time. That is your life. Life is measured in numbers. Life is measured in numbers. My second reflection my second reflection is the power of dreams and visions. And this again, I'm picking it up from the parable of Joseph and Jacob. In his 14th year in Haran, God visited Jacob. Hallelujah. 
an angel appeared to him and gave him a business multiplication plan. I had Paul talking about that for his livestock. Do you know that angels are flames of fire? And they are ministering spirits sent to minister to those who are heirs of salvation. Genesis chapter 1, verses 10 to 12. This is what Jacob said. He said, in breeding season, I once had a dream. I looked up and I saw a multiplication plan. And I said, aha, those are my own words. That is my paraphrasing. The angel also reminded him of that another dream he had had at Bethel when he was fleeing from Esau. Genesis chapter 28 verse 12. In a dream, in a short dream. Remember, Jacob had not dreamt in 14 years. But when he stopped pursuing women, <laughs> he had a dream. He had dream, had dream, he had laid aside that trouble. And now he was perplexed about how to make wealth because he realized that he was working with Laban, a trickster. And the Lord sends a flame of fire, a ministering angel, and he gives him a plan. And Jacob is faithful to the plan. He goes and implements the plan. And behold how he becomes rich. He received a blueprint for multiplying the livestock. His riches gave him license to depart from Laban the trickster. He had broken the yoke of captivity from Laban. Money has an answer for so many things. That's what the Bible says. Actually, there's a version which says money is an answer to everything. You know, you may feel humble thinking that you don't need money. The truth is we all need money. It's not your humility to be poor. We need God ideas to break the yoke of poverty, but they need to be his ideas. They need to be whose ideas? God ideas. Ours will end us in captivity, but God ideas will make us rich and they will add no sorrow. Jacob was so rich, he became so rich based on this dream that this is the gift he prepared for his brother Esau when he was coming to meet him. I counted the animals that were in this gift. There are so many. Let me just read them to you. 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 sheep, 20 rams, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 30 female donkeys, 10 male donkeys. Those are like 10 bands. Uh, bands is no longer um, uh, the thing. What is the best car now? It's what? A Bentley. We have Bentleys in Uganda. That is Professor Anand from India. What do we have in Uganda? Huh? Okay. The best car you can think of. There were together 550 animals. Now, if you can range a gift of 550 animals, really, how much do you have? The man was exceedingly rich based on one idea, one angelic visit in 20 years. Imagine he had given up this desire of the flesh in the 14 years. 
imagine that if every year he was waiting on God for godly ideas. He would have broken the captivity of Laban long ago and he would have gone home. Now look at the life of Joseph. Joseph started dreaming at the age of 17. He had grand dreams of him reigning over his whole family. He said, I dreamt that we were in the field binding corn one day when all the 11 sheaves stood up and bowed to mine. <laughs> 17 years old, with all the naivety. You are there at the table, the dining table, eating with your brothers and sisters. I say, you know, Dad, do you know what I dreamt? All of you were bowing down to me. So they rebuked him, but he went, and guess what? He dreamt again a better dream. This time he said, guess what, Dad? The sun, the moon, and all the stars. <laughs> These dreams landed him in a pit, as you know. And then they landed him in prison. But Joseph didn't stop dreaming. He took it a notch higher. He started interpreting dreams. Let me tell you, interpreting dreams is a notch higher. It's good enough to dream, but when you start interpreting dreams and understanding what God has downloaded to you, then you are in business. That's what we call DIPs in strategic planning, detailed implementation plan. He interprets a dream for the baker and it happens. He interprets the dream for the other man and also it's exactly as it was. It happens. One day, the big man dreamt, dreamt, Pharaoh dreamt. And Joseph has practiced interpreting dreams. He has honed his skill. And Joseph comes, he interprets the dream, and as you know, the rest is history like we say. Joseph gave not just the interpretation, but he went ahead and said, Now, Pharaoh, this is the implementation plan. I have had a lot of dreams. I remember when we were a young couple. We are still a young couple, but when we were a younger couple. Now we are 29 years married, but when we were younger, we wanted to set up a laundry. Uh, that was uh, eh? 1991. We wanted to set up a laundry in the city center. Oh, and we got excited about this dream, this desire. And we said, yes, and it will be like this. So, but we dilly-dallied about our dream. And one day I was walking around here, and I saw a laundry right there next to KPC. A laundry next to How much strategic can you get? And we found all young mothers with all their clothes, their clothes being washed. Then we had another dream, my husband and I. And this one was to set up an um, internet cafe. Now, in 92, that was a big idea. It's no longer a big idea. At that time, it was such a big idea. We even shared with somebody who was supposed to give us money. But we dilly-dallied with the idea. We dilly-dallied. Then, as I'm walking just from my office, I see a cafe, internet cafe set up, and I just got cold. Said so people are picking up my ideas. How are they knowing about them? Good ideas are in this room. In fact, there are as many ideas in this room as they are people. The key to great dreaming is implementing, is writing down the detailed implementation plan, the DIP. 
Joseph was immediately appointed the prime minister of Egypt when he was 30 years old. In seven years only, Joseph was able to collect food in two silos all over Egypt and was able to drive the economy of Egypt into a powerful food basket to feed all of Europe, all of Africa, and most of Asia. He stored up grain like the sand on the sea. That's what Genesis said. It was so much that he stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure. Somebody say beyond measure. In the narrative, in the narrative, in the Bible, it pauses at that stage and it says, Joseph got two children. Remember I told you this is a parable about Jacob and Joseph. Joseph got two children. And he said, this is how he named them. He said, God has made me forget my father's house and the misery of it, Manasseh. And then he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering, Ephraim. God just brought these things to him where Jacob was striving with women, with a concubine. Now, now I bought you tonight, I bought you the man who sleep with me, then he will sleep with you. Joseph was just blessed of the Lord. These two children came to him in the years of plenty, and then the famine begins. This phenomenal growth of Egypt was based on a dream that the Pharaoh had, and which Joseph interpreted. Dreams and visions is the foundational capital upon which Joseph built Egypt. Now, you will not find this in any leadership book. Nobody is going to tell you dreams and visions can build uh, an economy. But I'm standing here and I'm not ashamed to tell you that a dream and a vision from God can build your family, can build your economy, can build your business, can build Africa from the darkness it is. We need to download those visions and dreams from God. They will come to us when we stop pursuing women like Jacob did and we start pursuing God ideas. God is spirit. And then and he speaks to us by his spirit in diverse manners. He makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. The hidden secrets of the riches of God can be made known to man through dreams and through visions. His ministering spirits that minister to the heirs of salvation can expose the treasures of darkness. That's Isaiah 45. What man needs for prosperity in the earth is wisdom and understanding and knowledge and all these rest in God. And he gives them liberally as he chooses through dreams and visions. This is what Peter said on the day of Pentecost. And it will come to pass that in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall, see, shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on handmaidens I'll pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I'll show wonders in the heavens above, and signs in the earth below, blood and vapor and smoke. God is using prophecy that's coming from your daughters and our daughters. God uses dreams, and God uses visions to speak to his children, even today. The book of Mark says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you have received them and they shall be yours. Whatever you dream, you dream in your heart. Believe that you have received it and it shall be yours. 
Why? Because we have had the illustrations that dreams come from God. Joseph did not dream his own dream. This dream of people bowing down to him were from God. Dreams are valid. Dreams are valid. Fourteen years ago, I had a dream of building a leadership school. That dream consumed me every day. You'd wake me up in the night and say, yeah, we need to build a leadership school. We need to start a leadership school. We need to train people. Dreams are valid. There are desires in our hearts which God has planted. There are ideas for business, for people development, for church growth, for investment in agriculture that God has planted in your heart. You try to wave it off and it never goes away. And you're never too young to dream. Do you have a 17-year-old in the room? Anybody 17 years old or younger? You are never too young to, to dream. And you are never too old to dream. Because the old men will dream dreams and the young men will see visions. Pharaoh dreamt a dream and Joseph had a vision. And together they yoked and prosperity happened. Young men need young old men. Old men need young men. Old men are still dreaming dreams in there. You don't feel like I should die with this dream in me. Get a young man and share it with him. And he'll bring the DIP, the detailed implementation plan. Amen. Dreams are ideas that are given life by the detailed implementation plan. Joseph gave precise interpretation to two dreams, like he was interpreting architectural plans. (laughs) Okay, let me conclude with one more thought. Let me conclude with one more thought. I want you to put up the last slide I have there, the next slide. My last thought says, dream big for the kingdom. Dream big for the kingdom. You see this map here? This is a map of the world. It's a transparent international map of how countries are performing in corruption. The red, you can guess, which ones are the most corrupt? Is it the yellow or the red? I don't think you needed to download a vision or a dream to answer that question. It is very, very obvious that right here and Asia, those are the countries which are our most corrupt. In fact, Uganda, I think, is number 151 on the index, on the most corrupt index, out of 181. Africa is called the dark continent. Even countries who have winter for six months call us the dark continent. I mean, the, the sun shines here the whole year round, but we are called the dark continent. Why? Because of the wars, because of the diseases, because of the corruption that goes on in our country. I was in February, in February, I was in Atlanta, I was speaking at a global summit, many countries, many leaders, and I had several meetings, so it was like we had one hall here, you'd speak here, then move around and go to another hall, and you'd rotate until you finished speaking in all the meetings. So I spoke in one hall, and I was talking about integrity and issues like that, issues of leadership. When I finished... Um, Dr. Haggai was one of the participants in the meeting. He shouted to me and said, Why are you not in politics, Dorothy? And, and, and I just looked like this, the way I'm looking at you. And then when I was going out, another man came quietly 
and said, so when are you standing for member of parliament? And I said, oh my God. I told him, I don't have that ambition. I don't think like that. I, I, I just don't have that. Okay, I finished that meeting. I'm rushing. And I went to the next meeting. Now, in this next meeting, after I spoke, two men were consulting each other. And so as I'm leaving that stage, they approached me. One was a senator and one was a lawyer in the U.S. Approached me and said, we've consulted and we think we need to support you to go into politics. So, <laughs> I'm like, he said, you look scared. I said, this is the second time this is happening. Now, I'm getting really scared about going to the third meeting because I know this could happen again. But you know, when I left that conference in February, I started saying, why don't I have the ambition to go into a place where I can have more impact? Why do I always think small? Is it because I've been grown up as a Christian to think in a particular way, to think in a small way? I want to end my session by saying, dream big dreams for God. Set very big goals. Set goals for Africa. Set goals for the nations. Set goals which don't impact 1,000 people. Set goals which impact 1 million people. Fourteen years ago, I, was, I joined the faculty of Aga Institute. And I was just going through my records this year because of this conference. And I realized I have spoken to leadership conferences about 60 times since I joined. But the total number of leaders I have talked to is 1,000. And I say, no, 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 no. I need those numbers to go up. And I want to call upon you in the same way, whatever area of ministry you're on. Ask yourself, challenge yourself. Do more. Do more. Tell your neighbor, do more. Don't think of working for 14 years for two women. Think of working for 14 years for nations. Think of working for 14 years for the kingdom. Think of working for 14 years for evangelism. Think of working for 14 years so that the bondage of corruption is broken from Uganda. We together can do it, not with our ideas, but with the dreams and visions from Father God. May God bless you indeed.